Let me close this door for the for the sound. Mm. So I have my stew chicken cooking. We can take a stew chicken break, you know. Uh, I take a stew chicken break, you know. No, but it's cooking. Yo. Because I thought you were gonna come to the next one. Um, but it should be fine, right? It's cooking on one, so it'll just be like a slow cook. Yeah. Stew chicken. It'll fall a fall off the bone. Well, stew chicken. Like yeah. Fall off the bone. I mean, when it's yeah. too fall off the bony, you then know? it's annoying. Yeah. Then it's, you know what I mean? Like when you pick up the drumstick yeah. and it comes straight you want out. It, you want it to fall off the bone. Unless it's a curry. Exactly. But not on a plate. Exactly. Unless it's a curry. Yeah. You don't want any bones whatsoever. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Right, oh. So, Curtis. Finally. Yo, first of all. It's Curtis. Jamila. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when you say my name. I think I told you this one time we went out to the parade. Like, mm-hmm. when you say my name, it just reminds me so much of, like, people from home saying my name. Why well, is people from home? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but it's, it's a very rare t- way to say it. Oh, Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, like... It's like... Curtis! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, you're going to get in trouble for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The hail out vibes. Curtis! Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, I, I knew it from before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say that we were friends before. I'd say we just knew each other. And, well, you all just met in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And I think we're now cultivating this, well, the friendship and the relationship here in Berlin, right? But I've always known you in music mm-hmm. as London Future. You know we have to talk about it. London Future? <laughs> you don't want to talk about it at all. Oh, my God. Dan, we yeah, have... No, no, let me do it. We can't... Okay. We can't no, we have ignore, to. We can't ignore the past. Okay, so but- rewind... Back in like the days of the EDM boom, I would say, which is what I like started, started DJing on. I was in Tobago. I was actually booked for this Tobago New Year's. And that was actually the party that gave me my name because the guy who booked me, um, what's his, um, wait, wasn't this the terrible feel you told me about? Yeah, 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 100%. Oh, you made your name? No, no, no. As in, literally, that's how I made my name. Because my DJ name before was Kedel, which is like a combination of my name. Um, But my Instagram handle had changed because I'd formed this media company called Kalaloo. And I had changed my Instagram handle to Kid Kalaloo. And um, the man didn't ask me what my DJ name was. He just booked me and then just put Kid Kalaloo on the poster. And so many people liked it. They just hit me up and was like, where are the name and thing? And I was like, wait, boy, well, you know, that's the name now. Is that mm-hmm. Prescott? Huh? Was it Prescott? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Of course. It's, it's, um, it's kid. And, um, and we were in Tobago getting ready for the thing. And we went in his car. I was in his car. Mm-hmm. I went to meet him in the car for tickets or, or give him money or something because I was also promoting the event. And you were in the front seat. Mm-hmm. And... He was like, yeah, this is because you know London Future. And I was like, yeah, I do know London Future, right? Um, because on the EDM scene, I knew of London Future um, from being signed to Diplo's Mad Decent label, which was a label that I really looked up to at the time. And this man was London Future. And you had this track. Man, what's the track you had? Um so your your artist name was London Future Design. No, my produ- I was not artist back oh, then. It your was producer name, just producer okay. conceptual name. Okay. But you had and the track out. And this is out. why you, when you told me about Curtis, you said that there's another Tobagoian. 
Yeah, I made a in, mistake. In, he in Berlin and yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. I'm like, how is there another Tobago? In yeah, eventually he was like, Dan, where you think I'm from Tobago? Yeah. I was like, from Arima. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I Arima, okay. man to my heart. You, you met him in Tobago. Yeah, I met him in Tobago. So I guess it stuck. I think we are all comfortable in Tobago, just looking like we like we home. So I yeah. don't know why. Big up Tobago, though. Right. I mean, 100. percent Best island in the Caribbean. For sure. Don't like, go that one. No cap. <laughs> no, no, no. Real talk. That Tobago is Tobago is Trinidad. Tobago holding down the Caribbean like poster <laughs> look for Trinidad. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like you go to the beach in Trinidad, and like anything oh, will stop in Trinidad. Where everybody trying to go? Easy. Hey, find yourself in Venezuela because <laughs> why, dog? Whenever Trinidadians come to Tobago, bad things happen. Oh God, come with this Tobago talk. All the Trinis here for New Year's. All the Trinis here for Christmas. But it's true. And they it's come true. here and they just want to do everything and they make the place loud and then they let down and they blah 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 blah. blah. I mean, you're not lying, what? but. But we come into Bayo. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So anyway, back we, to London Future. Back yes. to London Future. So I knew London Future because I had, I actually had your track. What, what was the name of the track? The name of my track, London. Uh, look at me now. Look at me now. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And I remember I had two tracks, um, two Look at Me Nows on my in my library, and one of them was London Future, another one was somebody else. Um, but I remember that track. I remember being like, "Wait, boy, this track kind of hard." And I think I already knew. That the guy was Trini and all this, you know. Um, and then we met in Tobago, and well, mm-hmm. that was that. And then we went our separate ways. And then, of course, I always seen him, man. But then we met here, mm. and uh, that's when we had a conversation by like somewhere in future time. We, we sat down and had a smoke, and you were telling me that you because you switched your government name now, yeah, yeah. So, why, why don't you tell me how all that happened? How how did you get connected with Diplo um, and end up working with Mad Decent and then go from that to you? But also, just interesting, you had like an artist name when you weren't an artist and then you became an artist. And I don't know why he's saying he was an artist. He was an artist. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was different. I wasn't using my voice back then. Okay. So I wasn't considered an artist. But um, yeah, London Futures, it was created to just kind of be like a shell to you know, dump ideas into, mm-hmm. like musical ideas. And at the time, it was only soca music. Um, big up to Marshall Montano. He's uh, he's really the one who <clears throat> who kind of understood or kind of saw the vision and trusted me with, you know, like he had collaborations with all these international artists and DJs and stuff. And yeah, through, it's like really through him, I, I got the opportunity to work with like Diplo. And yeah, it's more like a domino effect where... If, you know, like people see your talent and then they believe you can help them or whatever, you know, transactional value they see. And then you just keep it moving. So that's kind of like how I met Diplo and I started working with Diplo outside of the soca music also. Um, but yeah, like London Future was home, home brew. <laughs> Mostly like, yeah. But you were writing at the time for yourself, as in like nah, songs? nah. I didn't even write music. It was purely like programming mm-hmm. beats. Uh, you know, trying to like um, just innovate the sound in Trinidad, I guess. Just being experimental. Yeah, and then also when I met him, um, well, not when I met him, but when we connected in Berlin, um, we sat down. We were talking about his track that he had produced for um, uh, Kerwin. Too Real, which I always loved. I always loved that song. I thought that was one of the hardest mm-hmm. songs that came out that year, 2014. Yeah, that's a sick one. 
and um such a long time ago right i, I mean you and like you just said 2014 in my mind too real came out like three years ago you yeah, know no. yeah too real was i was a real good song i love that song yeah. um for that year that was the year me and play actually got together mm. um and uh, i remember i was working on this i always loved the the synth the pum, 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 pum. <laughs> yeah. and i remember i did that when i first started producing or teaching myself how to produce and playing around i actually played around with that song mm. and i actually did a pretty decent remix of that song and then my hard drive like crashed and i lost it actually mm. and then when we connected in berlin i was like yo about that song you know and he's like you want these stems the stems are like the individual okay, instruments pieces, of a song yeah. And he was like, yeah, and he sent me whatever. So, I mean, you're always a fantastic soccer producer. Mm-hmm. And that was like what you did. And then you got connected with Diplo. So then you started doing more and exploring things outside of soccer. Yeah. So then where did that take you? Uh, for the people that would be listening to this, I have no idea what soccer music is. Real quick, it's, uh, it's our Caribbean music, our heritage music from Trinidad. And not only Trinidad, it's like Caribbean dance music in a sense. Um, but yeah, you asked me, sorry, what... So after, yeah, so you connected with Diplo. Yeah. And, and you were producing soca. So yeah, I was producing more of like a, a, a mix of, it was always like an international um, take on the music. Not really like... So it wasn't like traditional soca how yeah, most producers did soca. Exactly. Or just mm-hmm. what is accepted as like traditional soca. It was always like this could either work international or it just don't work at all. And yeah, I feel like because I was always on that fence, it was easy. it's easy for me to just like do, you know, international style stuff. And yeah, it was easier to just kind of migrate into that in a sense. So then you, so then you connected with Diplo, and then you started working on more international like tastes, right? Yeah, we started working on stuff for uh, a lot of people like Rita Ora, um, like Lana Del Rey, like a bunch of like back then. There was like so many different, like just different. Uh, Obviously, I wouldn't work with them in studio, but I, we would have like vocals and <clears throat> just be working on different versions of the songs and stuff. But yeah, it was really, really interesting to just um, be like a soca producer, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, but still be able to, you know, cross over and try crazy ideas mm-hmm. with international artists. So you went from producing soca to EDM, I guess, and then to producing indie, maybe. What you do now, your modern stuff? Yeah. Or what genre would you say you classify yourself under now? I don't know. It's weird. It's it's weird because there's a lot of inspiration from people like Tim Impala and like Thundercat and Eve's Two More and like just a, a few, you know, Pink Floyd, very much indie, psychedelic vibe. But I think as I grow, I've only started to do this like two years ago, like really use my voice. That's why I consider it, I'm an artist now, but... Um, I think as I grow it, it's turning into like its own thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Because but, what I was just wondering is because you kind of made this big circle from mm-hmm. doing the most local music, which mm-hmm. is soca, even though you put like an international twist on it, it mm-hmm. is, is the most like true to your roots kind of music mm-hmm. to going abroad style-wise and doing EDM and doing mm-hmm. indie. And now with your last track, which is a whole part we have to talk to in itself, you could kind of feel, I feel like it's a full circle, like everything's kind of coming together where it has little flavors of every part of your 100%. life. 
Yeah. And um, if you think about what music you most identify with, would you say that that's the direction or? I don't think there's necessarily a direction because I'm I'm just I just I have so much in me like musically. And um but yeah it's it is definitely an expression and one that is would probably be more genuine than others because it's like very island vibes and it's just it feels true to home. Like that song came up I was in actually in Costa Rica with a few of my homies. Um and we were just writing songs and I saw like the craziest sunset and it just reminded I haven't been home in like five years and it just reminded me at home and just like we don't have the craziest sunsets but we have the best vibes. Mm. Home is home. Yeah, you know home is home. yeah, the vibes, I just miss that vibes, yo. I'm like, damn, I need to like I wanna feel like I make music to kind of uh I won't say help me, but just in, like in, invoke certain you know vibrations for myself and then hopefully it works for other people and for that song specifically i wanted to feel like home calling me it's like a welcome home hug yeah exactly. like when i heard yeah. it i yeah. was like this sounds like this is welcome home hug because you hear it and you're like yeah you wouldn't be like this is a caribbean person produces music in terms of how Caribbean people produce music. Exactly. But the Caribbean influence underneath all the other influences, you're like, this is literally a welcome home hug in the sense of this is somebody who left home and is now kind of tapping back into their roots. Yeah. You know? Interestingly enough, very accurate. Um, yeah, it's a really special song. Um, I think as I grow as an artist, the intention behind you know, my decisions and it just becomes more and more real. I mean, I dropped this. I dropped the super K and I went full on government name. So I want everything to kind of be in unison with with my beliefs and you know values and shit. It's true because when you when you work under Monica, you could kind of I mean not really hide, but I mean like when you work under a name, you you could you you create a persona. You could, yeah, you create a persona, but when you use your name, like of course, like. You could still create a persona around that name as a yeah. performer, but because your actual name is attached to it, I think that just naturally causes you to to put more of yourself into what you're doing. Yeah, facts. Yeah, also you just commit, you know? It's you true. put more of yourself, you commit, and it, it's it's really part of your mm-hmm. name. So, well, yeah. And then I guess the music also really becomes your way of self-expression. For sure. And not just something that you create for other people. Exactly. It's, it becomes a part of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I love to see it. <laughs> Man, you and these two. Anyway, we're not even going to get to that just yet. So taking it back a little more, you, so you're, you're based in Trinidad when you were producing all this soccer. You connected, you started making more international music. And then, I mean, I, I was following you for some time, so I saw that you were traveling and you were going around. Mm-hmm. And then I met you being based in Berlin. Like, how did you land in Berlin? Like, why Berlin? I don't know, man. That That is, like, the biggest mystery to me. But I'm just starting to kind of figure it out. Um, so I, I did, I left Trinidad when I was, like, like, in my teens, like, late teens. And I did, like, a bunch of traveling in America just to, like, find myself and, you know, just explore different vibes, be in, stay inspired and shit. Um, but as a third world islander, anyone who listening to this should know it's very hard to live in America. So, um, so yeah, I, I catch my ass to like, just 
in terms of immigration, not yeah. like affording yeah. affordability or anything. Just like immigration, it's really, really tough. So I was just weighing my options and I saw that I could kind of live in Europe and have a lot of the things that it's not available to me in America, like healthcare and being able to like <laughs> straight up invest in, you know, like any like a property or just basic yeah. shit. So um <clears throat> I decided Germany, Berlin, because it's kinda in the middle of Europe and I wanted to still move around. And at the time it was perfect because I was I started to work with the, like more DJs. Um I started to produce for like Dimitri Vegas like Mike and I worked uh, close with Tomorrowland and these guys in Belgium. Um, so yeah, it just worked out perfectly to, to yeah. just move to Europe at that time. Yeah, yeah. But loving it was that, that was the problem because you can, mm-hmm. you know, you got to take risks and stuff. But when I first came here, it was really tough as a Trini, as a Trini man or an island man, moving to like a different, uh, what is it? Climate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. different climate. It's just like a, it's really, really tough. And it took me like four years to really fall in love with the city of Berlin. Do you feel like you've adjusted to the climate? Yes, I feel like really? I've adju- uh, not really the climate, but adjusted the, the balance of things. Because sometimes you get tired of the heat, you know? As you know, we tired of the heat sometimes. It's just like we want a little bit of rain or a little bit of cool. Wait, wait, wait. So, so you've been here for four winters? <laughs> yeah, you haven't? <laughs> no, my G. I've been here for 12 years and I spent one full winter and it will be the last full winter. She spent one full June. winter and then couldn't stop talking about it the last time she did it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she literally did it once and she was just like, I'm doing this Dramatized. again, though. Dramatized. Yeah, I'm not no. doing it. Well, I say this all the time. I mean, I moved here for the scene and they, they call like winter like clubbing season for a reason. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time like Same. not face any weather now. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's like winters. I think, yeah. Why deal with on your way home? You know, you know like, I, mean? I feel like the club scene and just like the, the, the bar scene, party scene, it, it gets way more intense or just like a bit more. Yeah. 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 In the winter time. Because it's the only thing people have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Stay warm. It's how yeah. you stay warm. You have to stay in. So yeah, yeah. on the outside, before I was in the scene, like probably what you experienced your first couple of winters, it was like, damn, why is this street so like, where is everybody? Like nobody outside yet. Because everybody, <laughs> you know, okay, doing the in. thing on clubbing and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, but I love it here. It's a very open place. Um, yeah, like, I don't feel judged. I don't feel like people are judged. I don't even feel like the city is, it's for, it's for Germans. It's weird because it's in Germany, but it's run by international people. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. And I feel, I mean, I, totally Berlin is such an international place and it's such a home for like all the artists. And the fact of the matter is if it, if it wasn't for that scene, like nobody want to move to here. Like the, what, what reason do you have to move to Germany other than to move to Berlin as an as an artist. artist really in terms of this city you know yeah. in terms of like you know what i mean it's yeah. not like that's yeah. why it, i think it's so easy to move to germany because like in general nobody really cares to move here you know it's germans are born here and then they love it and then that's it you know but i feel like i feel bad for them because the germans because i do hang out with germans and i hang out with berliners um and they and they're not i mean they're not square. They're not squares. You know, they grew up in Berlin. They party. You know, they they're big into the Deutschrap and thing, and they they have their scene going on. But 
I think they feel like they're annoyed that like there's this stereotype of Berlin having to be like this super sexual, kinky, mm -hmm. like all black, leather, techno, you know what I mean? And then I feel bad because there is there is more to the city, you know what I mean? And I think Yeah, I feel bad for them because it's not like at home. I mean, yeah, you're from Tobago, right? So, of course, like, you know, tourists come and whatever. But I don't think the tourists come and then define the culture of Tobago. Yeah. You know, the tourists come and then you're like, they participate in any culture of Tobago. Mm, that's true. Whereas I feel like the artists that come here almost kind of define, like, the culture of Berlin, at least as a as the front page, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then if you, you're from here, you're kind of like, yeah, there's a lot more. yeah to that yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and i think that getting that perspective for me anyway really helped me feel like here was more of like home because i think if you move to berlin and then you you stay in like the hype districts and then you you want to be like yeah you, you want to be in like the cool areas like you and you you know what i mean and <laughs> and he's yeah. talking about yeah. the kind right now no yeah that's what i'm saying design and cool design and cool he moves to Vedic, and everybody no 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 you know no but it's true no real talk no no i hang out with real german no 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 I, i can tell you i have i have one crew no i have i have one crew of them but what i'm saying is <laughs> what i'm saying <laughs> what, what i'm saying kind of What I am your, saying, your hood have white rastas. Dan, who wants to be around white rastas? <laughs> Yo, Friedrichshain is the capital of white rastas. We need <laughs> this, this is where, like, you're proving his point right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, exactly, you just fight it on again because you're flat too nice for you to move. <laughs> That's the only reason. I mean, but <laughs> what I'm saying is, that, like, of course, if you live, if you get any source of, like, like the the cool districts and you walk around you're in that which is where like i have to go to when i want to participate you know and you get caught up then i feel like the your experience becomes attached to those things and then other things that like make home home like from where you're from they're they're, they're not yeah they're, they're kind of missing in a way because your perception is almost entirely from a, a hype standpoint mm -hmm. you know yeah. what i mean yeah. whereas like I mean, I lived in Schöneberg first, you know, before I moved to Vetting. I do love Vetting, but I moved to Schöneberg first, which really has, like, nothing going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it's close. I could come to Neukölln. I could come to, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but, but just being You're in that district. Yeah, I was on the edge. I was on the edge. I was on the edge. Exactly. But I feel like mm -hmm. it, it gave me more of a, yeah, getting accustomed to that or, like, mm -hmm. moving to Berlin and that being my Berlin, like, really helped me adjust to or get accustomed to this idea of home, you know what I mean? Which is not saying that I wouldn't have done that if I moved to somewhere else, but I think it... it but home, when you say home, you mean home here? Like yeah, home? as in making here home. Yeah. As in, as in this being my new home, mm -hmm. you know? Because I think that, I mean, maybe it's just my perspective because I, I guess I go out a lot and I'm, I'm in the scene and I moved here for the scene. But I think if I move to like, like Kreuzberg or, or somewhere that's like where the scene is, I would have felt a little, um, yeah, I don't know. I would have felt like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like the actor that moved to LA kind of, I mean, I am the yeah. DJ that moved to Berlin, but still, <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't necessarily want to feel like that on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I feel it. I like Nakan because, not because you're in a source, but because it does feel like you have this home away from home of like this international community. Mm. 
and everybody builds this community of outsiders and you don't really have to go far and you have your people, you know. Um, but I could see how living in Vedding is a little bit more, it makes you feel like you're tapping into the actual culture of Berlin a bit more than where all the tourists, yeah. those quotation marks, are staying. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying to like big on Vedding. What I was trying to say is, is I think that um, like Berlin as a place is so marked by like mm-hmm. the hype scenes that we all know about and that everybody knows about that I feel like the the perspective of a local or the perspective of living here otherwise it becomes so foreign mm-hmm. you know what I mean and then yeah. I feel <laughs> I feel bad for people who live here and grew up here and then they kind of like yeah there's more to Berlin than just like you know like but there really and is, yeah. but and, there and is. I feel like it's, it's developing even more I mean how long have you been in Berlin five years so you've seen it develop the most, probably. Of yeah, three of us. I think I've been on both sides of uh, you know just, uh, just being able to see. Um, but yeah, but the later half of me living here, I kind of got really got into the scene. I don't think that whole leather like black Berlin Burkine thing is ever gonna die. I, I just feel like uh, there's always gonna have people that they're not for it. You know, just like in Trinidad, there's some people that don't like soca, they don't like you know yeah it's true it's, it's the same thing you know and they just don't think it identifies with like the island and they you know so i i get you i get you but um but from experiencing like both sides of it i really like the club scene and just how dedicated everyone is to keeping that alive and it's something you it have is. to look for mm-hmm. you can't just come here as a tourist and it's in your face <clears throat> yeah, you have yeah. to like you have yeah, to yeah. stumble on it, it is inspiring to see i think and that's like the kind of underlying like inspiring part of it how dedicated everyone is to keeping like the thing alive and like, how much respect you know? people have for club culture yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. and like this is not just about you know it's not just about partying and doing drugs like exactly this is about inclusivity yeah, yeah. this is about yes. giving people it's a, a space whole to culture be free. that like, they've been doing for like decades now you know what i mean yeah yep and that's crazy do you think that your music, so like, okay, so you move to Berlin um, to find a base, you'll be in Europe and you're producing. And do you think that, so you weren't on the club scene when you first got here? No. So you can't say that like maybe musically you were being influenced by Berlin? I mean, the music for sure, like I'm, I've been producing dance music, EDM music. But I think club music and the music that is popular in Berlin, yeah. like techno and you know the different forms of it. It's, it's it's actually a culture, yeah, and you get to really understand how how much it it really shapes the the, the city in a sense, yeah, yeah. the underground life, yeah, um, yeah. But do you think like it's? I mean, we've we've started working on stuff, and we've been talking for some time to mm-hmm. say, yeah, we want to like start like participating more, or you want to start participating more in that scene, you know, you. I ran into you the other day at a club and you know you, you really seem like you were like you're now like getting getting in getting in the sauce now. Like you now feel like you're but getting I in the sauce. Deep in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> deep in the sauce. Right because now. this is partly sauce. Oh my god. But do god. you think you when you've started yeah. like the Kurt as well as project, yeah. right? Yeah. Like uh like we're talking about a song about the sun was the first release. Yeah, yeah. So a song about the sun had to have been conceptualized before you got any source, right? Not necessarily. It's not something that changed me. You know, like completely mm-hmm. changed me. Like I'm not like this. I, I a song about the sun still there. What inspired that is actually still there. It's more about the balance. Because I'm not here going out every day, going out every night, trying to be on the scene. But 
just the accessibility makes everything better because you can, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You can like decide, you can be one day, you it's can be... It's right there all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. You can go into, you can be the one that go into the park and listen to like yeah. acoustic music. Yeah, Just yeah. chill out and enjoy that. Or, you know, in the nighttime you go to the club at, you know, 2, 2 a.m. and yeah, leave yeah. in two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. Exactly. Literally. And that's why, yeah, it's cool because it's so accessible. So you think the music has not changed? Like, no matter how, like, it, like deep in the, in the underground culture or underground club culture you go, you think that Curtis Wells' music is not really affected by that? Good question. I think, it, I mean, it's definitely affected, but it's not like... Um, it's not like a 180 thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, yeah. it's more like uh, just opening up my, you know, my scope and yeah. understanding different feelings and, and what, how, like, what I love about techno music and the music that happens in Berlin is how people genuinely enjoy it. And yeah. I, I did, like, research and to kind of understand, like, why is there such a culture around just a simple form of music and... Yeah, that that in also inspires my vibes. Just kind of yeah. when it comes to stuff being simple and timeless, and because techno music is simple timeless. And timeless. That's a good word. It's like it, this song could be from nineteen ninety one, two thousand and one, or two thousand twenty one. Yep. You know what I mean? And like, one DJ can play songs from nineteen ninety one. 2001 and 2021 in the same set and nobody's closing. And nobody's closing on those And it still feels yeah. like yeah. one set. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's crazy? When it, when it comes to pop music or anything with that's trendy, you feel the difference immediately. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so trendy that yeah. you can't even play a song from five years ago. But I want to hear a techno song from 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I, I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So, so I feel like just having appreciation for that type of music helps you to kind of, as an artist, you can kind of recreate like, you know, what brings up 15 years of timelessness. Mm-hmm. I find it cool when you think about like, what is it that actually makes this piece timeless? And what is it that triggers these kind of emotions when somebody listens to a song? And how can I recreate that in my music? You know? Yeah, it's... Um, it's more frequency, you know, because at the end of the day, when once you break down everything, at the only thing that's coming through the speakers is frequencies, you know. So it's it's really about how good someone, how good you are at recreating what the frequencies make you feel, if that makes sense. Like the things that you cannot see coming out of the speaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is where it is. And and the people, the men. But I think the trick is. Is the is the not the trick, but I think something to consider is that the audience they're actually very into the music and the frequencies on a on that level. Like you see how you said the difference is <clears throat> the frequencies. That's like the difference between the crowd in Tomorrowland and the crowd in Bergheim is that the crowd in Bergheim is actually paying attention to everything and feeling every little mm-hmm. change yeah. and mm-hmm. feeling every single frequency and loving it mm-hmm. whereas tomorrowland is like one two three hands up we hop for like four bars and then we come back down we mm-hmm. wait for you next time the dj tells us to hop you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah. and nobody's really like in like the in the Paying song and feeling yeah. the song and going with the song mm-hmm. everybody's just yeah, following instructions yeah. and hopping, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you listen yeah. to music completely differently. And I feel like when you start getting into techno and stuff, you start to learn how to listen to music differently as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's more of a, or it feels more of a physical experience than this, like, 
I don't want to say superficial, but very yeah. like, yeah, surface I want, level listening. Like shallow like, music almost. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, it's catchy and it's, it's you know, some in a city or a country where they don't really take it seriously is like, it's not really like forcing anybody to do anything. But I think that because in Berlin, it's such a big part of the culture. So many people who wouldn't necessarily like seek that out just end up there, yeah. you know? And then <laughs> it kind of forces them <laughs> through various avenues to experience this yeah and then they're like oh you, okay you, you know it's funny yeah. because then you then really like, you fall in love with it by accident yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's 100%. exactly what happened to me yeah that's exactly what happened to me <laughs> can you I, remember the moment yeah yeah i was uh actually in burkine and yeah it's i don't know that that place it feels really really insane and it's just I would recommend anyone that's into the club culture, like at least one time in your life, you have to try that club. But yeah, after I left the club, there was just this like uh, there was a separation. There was I felt like a separation. I felt like I was I was released. Yeah, and then it's like almost you can when you have that moment if you have a good experience and mm-hmm. like in like a, like a really true like real wave experience and allow yourself to get into it because a lot of people go and they're just like what is going on what is this mm-hmm. you know what I mean like when you allow yourself it's like you you can't undo it that's the thing you just mm-hmm. can't undo it your mind is unlocked like somebody's like mm-hmm. and then you can't like mm-hmm. go back a lot of it too is every like majority of people in in like the club or specifically that club is usually on the same page. It's almost like ritualistic in a way when people are just there to enjoy the music. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. phones, they put stick on your yeah, phones, yeah, yeah. there's none no distractions but music. And I feel like that energy, like once you leave that energy, it's like you feel like you were part of a like a crowd that was chanting or yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a spiritual thing. It's, spiritual it's nuts. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's completely nuts. Also, but also in the way that like we in, they interact with the music, but then how they interact with each other as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when I came to Berlin, that was the craziest thing for me to go to a club and like, there's no kind of man pulling up on you and like, it's not this kind of... It's a whole different thing. It's it's like a, we all here for the same reason, kind of. Yeah. And we all looking out for each other, kind of. And we all respectful and it's all good as compared to like home where it's like everybody have their own agenda. You know what I mean? People... And don't watch me too hard. Don't watch me too hard. Don't watch my girl. Don't dance on my girl. You know, thing, thing, thing. This is... We be taking pictures. You want to take a video. You know what I mean? Completely different culture, man. Like you saying that and that's like the norm in Trinidad yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you grow up and like that's a norm just superficial you know bottles and like yeah. oh, here is the complete opposite but I mean I do feel like there's a weird contradiction here in the club scene and in the fashion scene especially because the fashion scene is very closely tied to the club scene right well and, that is argument I mean yeah. a lot of you know a lot of the fashion is made for to. like based yeah. off of inspired by club culture yeah, yeah of course and yeah, um, yeah. there's this weird like on the one hand, yeah, everybody's super open and inclusive and loving and respectful and ting, ting, ting. But then there's this side of, that's also part of the club scene where it's very much about like who's cool and who's not. You know? And that's why and I say nah. And that's why when you said the, the fashion scene, I was yeah. like nah. Because I feel like that part of the, of the, of the club culture mm-hmm. or the, the fashion aspect of the club culture or the part of the fashion industry that's trying to get into the, club that culture. That intersection of fashion yeah, and yeah. club culture. They are heard. bringing the, what, has, what has become the ethics of fashion. Yeah, they're bringing it into the rave. And yeah. then that 
is a problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And exactly what you say. It's like, it's kind of like a contradiction. But if it, if you remove that aspect of it, there's none of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the people who are dancing the hardest in the rave are literally naked. They literally have <laughs> yeah. nothing on. Best you know? raves, definitely no clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, they're barely in anything. They're in a pants, they're whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're not there to, to look the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's literally the opposite of what everything is. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. The wearing black thing, I think I said this already on the podcast, but the the all black thing came from in the rave days of the 90s where it was, yeah, you don't come here to be, to be special. You come mm-hmm. here to be part of this community and we want everyone to treat everyone as... Yeah. As you're, that. Not, you're not trying you know to stand what I mean? out. You're not trying to stand out. It's, it's basically why we wear school uniforms yeah, in the Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. You're coming to be special. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you you have your outfit, you wear, you know what I mean? But, right. you know, that's what you're trying to foster. And when we're bringing in, like, the fashion aspect, it's the total opposite. The fashion mm-hmm. industry thrives on you looking special. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that it's okay. I think that it's okay that... Um, well, I think that it's cool that fashion could be inspired by club culture, and and and. But I think that the something needs to change from from that perspective mm-hmm. in terms of like the the ego side of it. You know what I mean? And I think that's why me personally, I've never because yeah, I've never been like that crazy into fashion. I like what I like, and then that's it. But I feel yeah. like when you get on that fashion train, it's just a big ego tip, and I not really. Yeah, that's not really me. But it is. I just know. find it interesting when like I started to. F- discovery we've seen here to see that part of it actually being such a big part of it you know yeah it's crazy mm. yeah I, I think it has a lot to do with just um the queer queer involvement in the city because mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of queer people are very much into fashion and i i kind of yeah i like it i like just it, it's just an inclusive type of vibe and i think the more like this year Berlin Fashion Week was actually impressive. Yeah. I was impressed yeah. by you know. I actually didn't go to any shows, okay. but I um, I was able to review like all of them because I I was like a Berlin Fashion Week hater for a long time, and mm-hmm. it's like yeah. But this this year, I kind of like reviewed everything, and I was like, yo, like there's a lot of good stuff, and not just like recyclable fashion and you know, that type of vibes. <laughs> No, 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 no. Unapologetically being like nah, nah. all this, like, all this green and sustainability nah, thing, nah, and it's I like that that will look good, you know? <laughs> like what's this, you know? Like pick a lane, dog. Nah, I with it. No, I'm with it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against it, but it's just like it's Berlin. It was, make it look good. For a long time, it was only about that. Now, like yeah, yeah, you're missing the point almost. I mean, I have this argument all the time about communities and inclusivity, and then. Mm. Then the inclusivity of the community, the inclusivity part ends up being more important than the actual direction of the yeah. community and what the community actually yeah. stands for. And it starts to be, and then it all becomes a, a, a like PR you're like, circus. You're like hiring stuff in a way. It's like you're hiring for diversity, but then you're not actually paying attention to exactly. are these that's people qualified to run this that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's just it, it becomes yeah. a big, a silly thing when yeah. you don't, you're like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, there's a good way to do it. But you're a fashionable man, Scootis. I take risks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do I what I want, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> I am I into fashion. I feel like for a long time I couldn't couldn't really do what I you know just wear what I want. 
I mean, coming from the Caribbean, we we just follow the fashion, skinny jeans type of vibes. You know? They're still wearing skinny jeans. There's you know? no, there's no. It's wrong to almost try to be individualistic in fashion. Exactly. Well, we follow the states. You know, everything yeah. the states like everything they do, we do. We copy. And then it just stays there. And because like we are poor signal or something, we just don't keep up. So then yeah. we just get stuck in trends. You know, the the clubs play the same thing all the time. Okay, this is the bad talk, the Caribbean part of the podcast. <laughs> but we just they get stuck in the same way. The clubs play the sure. same music right true you know we end up wearing the same thing for way too long you know and then like when it comes to yeah when when i go home now and i have clothes i'm close i'm like standing out because i know we're in like skinny jeans and tight tropical shirts yeah. to these parties and i'm like done wh- we've been wearing this we wore this in high school so i'm saying same stuff and we, we're insane. doing it yeah, yeah you're right you're so right nothing has changed yeah mm-hmm. and it's it kind of <laughs> So you haven't been home in five years, you said? I haven't been home. Why is that? Is that deliberate or it just hasn't happened? Uh, I just think it hasn't happened. I, f- I feel like I've, for a long time I've been trying to settle somewhere. And I think Berlin kind of, you know, brought that upon me. Mm. So, yeah, I d- but I'm going back home soon. I just didn't really have a reason to rush, mm. I think. But you said that you... um. You can really wear what you wanted in Trinidad, or you, you didn't have. No, nah, I'm, I'm just talking from a perspective of nothing could really fit me, you know. because <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's the tallest man tall, in Germany, yeah. which is like <laughs> actually like says a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> to, I have like the highest ceilings that I've ever lived in, and Curtis had to like bend. <laughs> like, the, the duck. But now that you're in Berlin, I mean, and you're taking risks, like you said, mm-hmm. like, do you feel like because do you think that people back home, like family and friends, like how has that been if you haven't returned? Because I, I moved to Berlin and I moved to Berlin after having done, like after being a DJ and, you know, and doing the house and techno thing at home for a while. So it wasn't that crazy when like I left and came back. It was kind of just doing the same thing, just in another country, you know. But I'd imagine for you, mm. you left and then you didn't come back, you know, and and... How was that? How has your reaction been from like your circle at home, like your family and friends? Actually, I left and I came back a few times when I was living in America. But once I came to Germany, um, I don't think I've been back since. And it's been cool. Like my family support what I'm, what I'm trying to build, you know. And yeah, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to to see my my nephews and my dad, and you know, just vibe out. It's about time. When are you in? Um, probably in like four weeks in September. I'm not sure when this is going to be out, but okay, this year. Okay, and cool. do you think that they like like understand all the artistic decisions you make, or have yeah, they, have they ever been like, Dan, why are your fingernails silver, or you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yes, but that is more of like from a cultural you know brainwash kind of vibe but it's yeah. not it's not like anything like too much they don't come yeah, at you like, like they don't worry this, yeah. about you and saying they're just like i mean the older generation of my family like the very very the oldest they don't they don't mess with it <laughs> <laughs> and i'm okay with that you know it's still love yeah. it's 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 they come from you know a different thing just you know like worshiping different gods and you, you just have to respect what everybody is into but for me and what i'm into and what berlin is about is inclusivity and i don't think 
I don't think this changes anything about your sexuality. Yeah. And I love I love being able to think like that, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I don't wanna I don't wanna be blocked off or like I don't know. It's it's, it's weird. It's a it's really weird. Like to to hear pe- like just people perceive see people from you know Trinidad perceive you know actions of other people or just judge. That's all it is, really. Just judging yeah. people, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's all love, though. Yeah, I know it's it is. It my is dad. I spoke to my dad recently, and he was like, "He's super cool. He knows that, like, you know, just I'm on my rock star shit." But I spoke to him, and he was like, "Yo, when you come home, you, yeah, I'm not. Sh- I don't think you can, you know, wear the kind of stuff <laughs> you wear out there. Dad, not ready for that yet. You know, we still." We still in a, you know in the past and he's right he's totally right he's right yeah, yeah. very very uh, yeah but, but how do you plan on dealing with that because I have a lot of friends that are like like I have gay friends that are out and open in in Europe mm-hmm. because obviously you know you could celebrate this in Europe but mm. they haven't even come out to their family back home as yet really? yeah yeah and so like I wonder with things like that with with your fashion and stuff because I really embraced I mean I don't do anything too out of the way for Caribbean people but I still already learned to accept the fact that you're gonna go home and people are gonna comment and we're gonna mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah. just kinda yeah I just for me I just I do what I want and I wanna be able to say hey I can do I can do this and that's my choice it's not, like I don't care about like the, the it's almost like train. It's like training. It's yeah. like uh, I forget the name of it, but usually people do it. Like some people go out into the public, and then they they do th- they just stand, and then they condition themselves. It kind of conditions them to like deal with like anxiety and like public. And I forgot the actual term, like, like exposure therapy. Exposure therapy, and I feel like that's kind of also what I'm on. Like, it's like I want to feel like I can do whatever I want yeah. and still be supported and loved, mm-hmm. and I do that. Like. My my close family they support everything I do, yeah. um, but to answer your question, I also have a lot of friends that um, that they had to leave Trinidad because they were queer or gay or you know and and to me that's just sad because they have to seek asylum in places like this mm-hmm. and not be able to see their family because they can get killed or shot or yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's insane it's, it gets me yeah. It's insane. I would imagine for you, it's it gives you a different kind of confidence as well, or like comfort in your own skin. But I also feel like Trinidad, especially, needs more people doing that, you know, mm-hmm. to grow as a culture. Mm-hmm. Like 100%. more people just saying, fuck this, but um, it's, fuck your opinions, fuck the norms, fuck our trends. Because it keeps us back, you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, obviously it keeps us back, but it keeps us back from, from just doing certain things. Like, for example, there's a series out called Move on Netflix, right? It's called Move. And they have an episode about a Jamaican girl. It's a dance series, right? About dancers, I'm assuming, all over the world. And they had a, a professor, a, a sociologist, I forget her name, Dr. something. And she was speaking about the fact that women, in terms of dance, have an advantage because they can move all the parts of their body, right? Now, in the Caribbean, the woman's dance is centered around the hips, right? And uh, everything else is a, a bonus, right? Whereas the men, their dance or our dance 
is centered around our limbs, right? So when you think of dance hall dancing, they're all doing, you know, it's all like the external. And they were saying that like, yeah, men cannot, and this was not just the professor uh, saying this, but also they interviewed the, the, the male crew that, that this, this girl's crew was going to face, you know? And he was saying that they have an advantage because they could do everything that we do, you know? They could do gun fingers, they could do everything, they could do everything we do, but mm-hmm. we can't do everything they do, you know? And it, they can't move their hips because that is just not a thing that a man can do, especially like in Jamaica of all mm-hmm. like the islands, you know what I mean? And that was the first time I thought about that, you know what I mean? As a dancer, because as a as a regular person, I don't know, I, I go on to the street, I'm not dancing, you know what I mean? Like liking myself in the club and I'm whining from time to time and that's it. But as a dancer, you don't have the full use of your entire body just because of what society will say if you want to move your hips a certain way, you know? And he's he not saying that he wants to whine like yeah. a woman, you know what I mean? I mean... But should, you just have more options as a woman. But you just have more options, but I just, I didn't realize, I, I never really thought about it like that yeah. because because it's always like, as a man, like, do you want to whine like a woman? And the answer, you'll be like, well, no, I don't need to whine like a woman. But as a dancer, you want to be able to, I guess, use your whole body and it's keeping you back and it's yeah. keeping back the male expression of dance because he cannot be perceived as so like effeminate which is keeping back the the form the art form you know what i mean yeah that's so accurate also as a with me as a model too um for a long time i I was always obsessed with just use like finding stuff that would fit me but then being here i i was so comfortable with just wearing stuff that didn't that didn't necessarily fit me yeah, fit you know, in the sense of like too small for you. In terms of too small, yeah. because it's it's totally okay. You know, what I'm yeah. saying like, and yeah, you're right. When it's it's like that mentality kind of blocks expression. And as a model, also you want to be able to wear anything and just feel like you know sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What it is if, if whatever you want to feel. If you yeah. want to feel dark. You can wear whatever you want and not be judged. And I, it's just different. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a man thing yeah. or a woman thing that you're doing. You're just doing <coughs> your thing. Yeah. No, yeah. I love this whole like androgynous movement in fashion and in, I don't know, in the arts and culture scene in general where there's more men wearing traditionally more feminine female clothes and more female dressing as men. Yeah. But like especially, you know, the the crop tops on the guys and the skirts and stuff. But, but, but then, you know what's crazy? I'm into it. I, you know what's crazy? I um I I don't really see it as female clothes. When I look back at like, for example, nineties fashion, like these guys True. you know, like Will Smith and these guys were wearing crop tops way higher than I would wear, you know, like and it was just the norm. And I feel like it, there's cycles in fashion. And it's really just all about expressing yourself. And, you know, there's cultures where skirts are a thing and it's actually not a female thing in certain cultures. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do get you. There, There is actual queer, you know, that don't identify as female or male. And, and they wear, like like lingerie and that type of stuff that are that's like female mm-hmm. stuff but yeah it's it's a movement that is empowering yeah. yeah i think it's important because then like you just think about think about well that made me think about all the other things that are kept back 
because of the perception, you know, and not necessarily on a gender basis, but just in general, Mm -hmm. when you come from like a developing nation and they just can't handle what it is you're trying to show them or do, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it just becomes like, what else are we not doing? Because is not a thing because yeah. we just never did it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I and then it's just, yeah, it's scary. Quick um, side note. I feel like I need to go and check on this. We went to Noni Light too. I feel like How's your blood sugar doing? I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready. You know when you can feel somebody's hunger? <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. want to you wanna, you wanna you wanna end on a stew chicken? We could do a stew chicken pause because I feel like I have pause, a few more yeah. questions. Yeah, we can do a pause. Right, we, yeah. could do a, we could do a pause. Pause for this stew chicken. <laughs> a few moments later... Oh. Stew chicken. Oh, no, no that, that stew chicken, first of all, jams. She mm-hmm. just blessed up the whole podcast with some fine, <laughs> fine food. Auntie Jams. You got my Auntie Jams for oh, some no. food. <laughs> Killing it. Back to life now. About that energy. Yeah. Nice. So, what we left so, off? Um, we were talking about. Now we are actually talking about dating artists. That's what you're talking about. That's what we're talking about on your break. <laughs> That's what you're talking about, exactly. That's all I could tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean... Yeah, how's your love life, Curtis? <laughs> my love life is great. Like, I love music. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically in love with music right now. In love with hustle. That's his, yeah, that's the status of my mm-hmm. love life. Nice. Do you feel like it, like, gets in your way when you meet somebody and, like... Like, not even, like, the person takes up your time. Like, they really want to, like, lie with you and thing, but, like... Just like when you like somebody and like you thinking about them, do you think that takes away from your like creativity? Uh, it definitely occupies space, but it could be good, you know, it could be good. But I feel like when, when you're dealing with someone, they have kind of control of whatever that you create together. They kind of have control of that too. So sometimes it may not be in the best of terms and okay, then yeah. that that would affect <clears throat> my career or my decisions and and I I just feel like it's a bit too much power mm-hmm. and I I haven't um I haven't really been single for like more than I've never been single in my life it's the first time I'm single in my life I've always been in relationship back to back to back to back yeah mm-hmm. so like me, yeah. <clears throat> but I feel you on the the like y- you kind of give somebody your power when you're in a relationship or you give somebody power over your emotions and that's why it gets difficult. But it's, I mean... Because it's not like they're, not power in the sense of they're manipulating you. Yeah, yeah, but just the fact that they're in your life, you know, just means that like... They can affect... They affect your life and then your expressions come from your life so then obviously they're they're affecting your expressions. There's there's great responsibility once you're dating someone, especially an artist, you know. Because like you just said, it's, it's all about the expression and, and yeah. if you have a negative mm-hmm. impact in any way, you know, artists are very sensitive creatures. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. I'm just so happy that I could finally experience <clears throat> just being a, a single artist for the first time in my life. Berlin Bachelor, I like to call it. Berlin Bachelor. Do you the, feel like... Um, I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, do you feel like you're falling in love with yourself? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I would show people pictures of what you still look like. And they would be like, whoa, this is this is like a completely different person. 
You know what I'm saying? In terms of like how, like how far back are we talking? In terms of like 10 years ago, like my boy, yeah. my boy, uh, Big Up Justin, Bobby from New York. Um, <coughs> He sent me this picture from 10 years ago. He took me when I was in just like a different human. And I, yo, I was blown away. I was like, I don't even know this person. I'm about to show you guys now, so yeah, you're yeah. going to get a live reaction. Maybe I know that person, because oh I met that person <laughs> in yeah, Tobago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I met, <laughs> yeah, I met this person in Tobago. But yeah, shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it's at true. It, look at it. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. This same. is a whole different person. Completely. Completely, like, words of art. Yeah, 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 you can stand, I could stand next to that person, yeah. and you wouldn't even. Yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah, even yeah. say that you're like, distant cousins, you <laughs> know? Yeah. But this looks like, if I met you on the street, I would be like, oh, he looks like a Trinidadian, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. now doesn't look like a Trinidadian. But it's part it's of... True, that's a good point. Part of it is kind of sad, you know, because, like, it, I, I'm so far away from this. Oh, is you it know? sad? Why is it sad though? I don't know because I mean, <clears throat> obviously, being away from Trinidad for so long, and you know, it kind of changes you. But I love who I am. I think I, I mean we, we're here because you asked me if you think if I uh, fall mm. in love with myself, yeah. and I think I I am. But when I look back, I'm like, damn, that was a completely <laughs> completely different human being. So you feel like you're more yourself now? Yeah, for sure. I'm not wearing skinny jeans and yeah, I know the skinny jeans. Strong teeth, right? And strong, strong teeth. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like skinny what? jeans and strong teeth, dog. Mm-hmm. It's so nuts. Like right now, I just I never rock that unless it's like I don't know, like a grocery run, and I have nothing else, and then it's like jeans and the last t-shirt I have. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, yeah. That's so funny. It's hilarious, but I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at that guy, do you remember what he like? What goals and like aspirations he had like in that body and wearing those clothes? Like, do you remember like what he wanted to do? Um, I think this guy was he definitely had big dreams. Internet always international taste. Um, but I, I, he was it was not he was never the artist. I wasn't the artist back then. I wasn't like. You know, ex extroverted and saying my true feelings and just doing what you know. What I'm saying like it was a different type of getting art out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't really connect with what I see. At least at this, I know I can look back on my life for this for like this point in my life, and I'll be like, yeah, I I was like I wanted. I'm, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But with this these this here, like I'm looking at this, and I'm like, yo, I could see like my posture, and just like I'm so not confident, and mm-hmm. just like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm like wearing this thing, like I don't even want to be this big kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I mean, that guy didn't really know what was out there, right? I mean, did he? He couldn't have this. Yeah, did, did you? I mean, of Cause, course, cause you, say, have, like, you say he had big dreams and he was international, like his mindset was international and stuff. But I would imagine at least that that guy, he didn't know what the techno scene was about in Berlin, for example. He didn't. He didn't. I don't like, he, did. He, did. he did. He definitely did. Because okay. uh, this guy was like a, a nerd mm-hmm. you know, that grew up in a hood. So he had, I, I, I knew, I knew. Like a lot of had a, a lot of knowledge on different types of music from that's how I was able to like mix it with mm-hmm. you know Isoka music and just move around, but it never affected me 
it never like was an influence to me until I moved here. Obviously, mm. it's crazy because I never really was into the club thing, even back home or e- even in America. Like it's just like the av- the normal club scene. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. With girls and the bottles. Do you know that Curtis, as he says, that like he was never on the club scene. He told me that he never heard any of the tracks that he produced, like soca tracks that he produced. He never heard them on the road ever, not even once. Because you just weren't on the road, or no? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I and know. I thought like that was so interesting, you know. I think I heard, I heard them, I heard a few. So I would. There was a few kind of us where you know I would produce and I wasn't in Trinidad, and yeah, I wouldn't care to even be there, yeah. and it would be like big songs. So in those scenarios, yeah. But in the beginning, um, yeah, it was it's an experience to see your music. Yeah, but it's it's, it's interesting. Control. I mean, I'm, I'm not even saying it's like like good or not. I'll, yeah, I'm, no, I'm sure. just saying like it's interesting that you could that you'd make something. And it'd be like such a big hit. I think you told me that about Too Real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're like, because that year you also produced the power for, for Marshall too. Um, uh, there was a power you produced for Marshall, if I'm not mistaken. It was the same year as Too Real, 2014. Yeah. And that was a big one. I remember that I one. I can't too. remember. Let me see if I can find it. But well, yeah, I find no. it interesting because I know like. I don't know, like when I talk to my producer friends here and they, they're working on a new project and they're mega in love with the song, the first thing they say is like, I'm so excited to hear this in a club sound system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I just think it's it's interesting because yeah, I can't find this now on talk, but we need we need like an assistant to like find Yeah. With <laughs> <laughs> be sponsors. Also, you know, what what's going on, sponsors? We need a we need a research assistant. No, but I just thought it was interesting because exactly that you create something and most well especially on the like club DJ scene mm-hmm. like hearing your track on a sound system is like it's just something that just happens because you just play your stuff all yeah. the time you know what yeah. I mean you don't have to think you don't have to wonder like if you'll ever hear it because mm-hmm. you yourself it's, will that's you're the first person who'll play it yeah you know and your I mean? friends are definitely going to play it too yeah exactly so you you you're, it's it's not a question yeah you know what I mean and I think it's interesting that. Uh, you create like that song for like a carnival context and then it was it was so big or so you know and then you just as you said like you weren't like bothered to be there for whatever or or you just never got to experience that because hearing it like later down like on the road is like okay but the year that it came out and it's like one of mm-hmm. these songs in rotation that you hear like over and over like too real was big that year. yeah you know current he won groovy you know what i mean so it was just like over and over and over. Yeah, and it's over weird over. that you you managed to like avoid hearing it, you know. But he went, you went you went home, you went home oh, you or went whatever. Home. I think I was, but I just wasn't on the road. You know, it's just two days, bro. <laughs> nah, yeah. nah. But I would go to a party. <laughs> That's true. I'll tell, like I had a he way. Has a point. <laughs> and everything goes back to completely normal. It's true. Like, you're right. If yeah, those two is, days not convenient is, for you, I mean, it's two days enough. where you literally hear this song like three hundred times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's true. But <laughs> for sure, I think so funny. <laughs> but no, but I think like I don't know. I'd imagine that. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I just thought of what I would do. I mean, me personally, there's no. I play mass every year. I'm on the road every year. Monday, Tuesday, and Juve. No excuses, you know. So in 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 my life, there's no way that I would produce a song 
I can't, like a soca song and never hear it on the road yeah. now, you know yeah. so that just never crossed my mind but if carnival is not something playing mass isn't something that you do then that's totally normal you know what I mean yeah I but. think I mean my, from my experience I, I don't really whine anything no way. <laughs> you know so I feel that's that's the main reason if I'm being super honest <laughs> that's the main reason that I don't be on the road but why truck because I just don't feel like so I don't I haven't I, I've gotten like a good experience like in concerts and stuff but just being on the road is like an in and out thing for me because people try to dance on on me and they dance on my they wind up on my knee and then you know and that'll look good bro that's not a flex there's not a flex. I know you might think being tall is a flex, but when it comes to girls <laughs> whining on you, <laughs> that's then they put it on your lap stand, yeah. no? but it's yeah. true. But that makes a lot of sense because now you have to like squat. No, the moment <laughs> you squat is where you lose all your stripes as a tall man. <laughs> so that's tall man good. So yeah, yeah. Every tall man know your your car. You know your car squat. The more you squat. <laughs> The more stripes you're losing, and I never wanted to lose my stripes, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why this is why Curtis Wells has never heard his own There's tracks on You are absolutely <laughs> destroyed. There, there is no content, no video, no content of me whining out there. There's not one. Never find so you never saw like a, a tall bird on your road, dog? Yeah, Have yeah, you yeah, seen his height though? Sure. No, yeah, no. I know, but there must be girls this tall. I mean, at least comparably tall, you know, that could be tall enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I I have definitely, I whine on certain girls and things, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like a common thing. Like, you can't go through. I can't just, <laughs> I can't just rock with my boys and, you know what I'm saying, go through the thing and but, whine but on then, girl. But then I would imagine you all are so tall that you like spot each other in the crowd. Because you all are like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Above the crowd, exactly. You know? And then, it's like and then you whine on that person. Like, and then, I see you, you see me. <laughs> but 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 going back going back to like that picture and it's that individual back then, you can tell that this person wanted to be backstage and just chilling mm-hmm. and not yeah. really exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't that outgo like extroverted and thing. I mean it was then. literally the totally like opposite side of like the production, like the you can't bro. Yeah, you know, you can't yet. You, you went straight from like behind the scenes, just making fire, for sure. To yeah. then starting using like your own name and being the man on the mic. Yeah. You know, like you fully can't yet. I'm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're just waiting for you to run for president. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. That's oh so. And yeah, I mean that guy in that photo. Do you think he had ambitions to Kanye? Well, we let's stop calling it to Kanye. One, because, I mean, I'm not really a Kanye fan like that, but let's call him. Let's the, just say the Curtis, musical, mm-hmm. you know? Kanye's musical career. Did, did he yeah. think that he would be using his, his voice at some point? Yeah, did, did that guy think one day I want to be on your mic? Interestingly enough, no. Like, I I don't think for a very long time I was just ba- I was like more so wanting to be behind the scenes because... You know, just not being at, like super, super confident, and just knowing what you know. I had no real, I, I, I had no, no one around me to like gas me up. Mm-hmm. That I think that's what it is. Okay. That's a good thing about Berlin. Now, you get so much support and so many people gassing you up and, yeah. and being like, "Just do it." Just yeah, it. I mean, so uh, did somebody eventually do that? Um, like, what was the catalyst for you actually, Curtison? You know. The catalyst, I think, 
I think it was just over years of kind of working with artists and not really getting what I wanted out of it. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I could, I, I would meet people and I would be successful in a sense, but I would still be like afraid or ashamed to show what I've done or what I've been working on. I, I would never compare like a big soca song to like a big hit, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I know that, you know, like a big soca hit is not a, a real hit nowhere near a popular song yeah so yeah i i, I just I, I decided you know what man like if i want to do this i need to like really put you know all my efforts into it and then i started just experimenting with like dance music obviously i was making dance music so i started putting my vocals on it and yeah people people around that scene really really um they really messed with like the stuff I was doing at the time. And that gave me a lot of confidence to like, okay, cool. Maybe I should like pivot. If this works and my voice can be used as an instrument, let me like pivot. And I move, 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 move until I really landed on this sound that we described in the last episode, (laughs) you know? And um, yeah, so that's, that's basically, it it was just like, it was not being able to achieve best art with people that's that yeah, what yeah, really yeah. that drove it home for me and you in this sound <clears throat> that you produce in like this psychedelic new age like yeah i call it like yeah new age that's what i think of it as like new age psychedelic um yeah m- yeah like r&b almost but yeah. kind of like yeah, it's genre like it's a little soulful it's a little indie, yeah but it's, it's still psychedelic it's it feels more like rock you could feel the, almost like a Beatles influence in it. Yeah, that's so. what I'm saying. It feels like a, a, a psychedelic R&B kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? And so that sound is where like you felt like yeah, you have like a sweet spot now in terms of like your voice, like how you sing. Because I mean, obviously you had options, right? You could have been rapping. Yeah. You could have been, you know, but you landed Did you on, try those options? Did you try like hip hop, rap, R&B? Uh, I tried like, I, I mean, I started... I have like a bunch of dancehall songs. <laughs> yeah, that's actually fire. That I never released. That was re- actually really, really dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they may not ever be released. Like what? no, but uh, so, so because <laughs> <laughs> because you had you had options. You you could have gone like you could have pitched your voice down low and blah 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 like how these dancehall. Yeah. Or you could have, sure. but like you decided to sing like in a higher key. You know, like more singy, singy. You know? I just decided that it it needed to be to have more um, meaning. You know what I'm saying? And I I think I when I wanted to become an artist, the decision it was like I was still London Future, um, but um, that's when I started to sing. I still sang as London Future, but it still felt like a bit like because I used that name to hide behind so many things. I still felt like a bit like no, it's not connecting. It's not, it's still a bit shallow because mm-hmm. you know, there's so much of like different types of music connected to that name. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I want to make music that has more feeling, and you know, that's that's how that's when I decided, you know, I need to like just go by my real name and just retire mm-hmm. London Future and just nice. yeah, and use your voice in a very relaxed way because you're not like a I mean, you're not like doing like a uh, like Janet Jackson and like you know you're not you're not going for like the ballad. You're going for like which is what, what I like about it is a very like accessible 
um, way to go about a song. And it's almost like when you sing and the way you, you do it with the, the type of music, it sounds like you're like, you really are vocalizing thoughts. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It really does feel like you're, you're vocalizing something that we, yeah, that, that, that we, that we also could sing, that we also could say, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like it's coming from a very authentic place. Because it's not, it doesn't feel performed. It feels like this is the message that you have to give. Yeah, that's interesting. That's exactly what, how I feel also. Mm-hmm. And I could imagine like after you said, okay, this vibe is the vibe that came about when you started Curtis in and gave up the, the London future. I could imagine it was kind of like, a, okay, this is actually my real message and it has to come from the real yeah, person. It has to come from the heart. It has to, yeah, just mean more than... You know, than than just yeah, because I guess like it, it like different styles like of of using your voice end up being because obviously we listen to music already. So then what we say or how we sing is coming from all those influences, mm-hmm. and typically other ways of like rapping or you know what I mean, or, or maybe other more masculine you'd say like ways of like uh. uh singing like dance hall or something like that mm. you know like they don't always or the majority of them don't really convey like a deeper message it tends to be more like entertaining music or you know a lot of the times very like party music and if you want to go deeper of course artists do of course there's great like reggae and, and and dance hall that really speaks a lot of truth but you know what i mean i feel like the way that you do it it really like invokes a mm-hmm. A deeper sense rather than over something else you know mm-hmm. yeah do you do you think that this is like your final form as an artist i mean of course we're i mean we all grow in and we all know that it's not gonna be a final form. but like do you think that like you've uh, tapped into yeah you've tapped you into like like the full extent and like everything from now is just expressing yourself over as you grow or do you think there's still something that you need You're still to, trying like, to like narrow it down yeah. to what is you yeah, I, I think that's really a, uh, that's a really good question. Um, but for some weird reason, I feel like this is like the top of the pyramid mm-hmm. um, because I had this, these thoughts, and I always said like after after like a certain like time in my career, I want to like end scoring music. You know what I'm saying? Like doing like scores and for movies and shit and then I, I checked in I was like yo but I'm not doing that right now so you know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> and but the music have so much feeling and it's basically music for film you know what I'm saying and, yeah. and it's kind of it's kind of the same version in a sense so yeah. I would say I, I would want to grow into someone that makes music for like for film, but I feel like I'm already doing that with my music. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 I do. Do you do you see? Because I know you have guys that would do music videos for your for I, like a lot of your biggest tracks, right? Do you feel like those music videos accurately reflect the the movie that you soundtrack in your head when you sing that? No, that's what's growing. Yeah, yeah. Being able to connect that vision, but it, it's very close. Yeah. Yeah, it's very close. And I love working with different people because it brings it close every time. No, yeah, real talk. Yeah. I feel like listening to music, at least, you know, listen to a lot of music, you know, on a daily basis. And I feel like 
the way the reason I do that is because I feel like each song has like a, a there's a scene in my head or like a theme in my head that each song is connected mm-hmm. to and it's almost like yeah each song you, you log into like another like netflix yeah. almost yeah. of like a mood you know what i mean exactly mm. i mean sound is just one layer you know yeah and then adding visual just kind of gives it more dimension and you know like it's like a different also a different way to s- yeah for people to like get it's like you know when we listen to the song alone it's like just it's like a music video with your eyes closed yeah yeah, yeah. which sucks <laughs> you know but um i think connecting it with the right visual is more important than just putting anything on it yeah for sure yeah yeah definitely because there's a style yeah exactly that's really just purely about um uh yeah just looking good with the music you mm. know what i mean there's no real like it doesn't seem to it's not too connected it's more just like an aesthetic like thing for yeah. another sense it's just something mm-hmm. just something for your eyes but it really has nothing to do with the music itself mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. you could tell the same story that the song is saying but like the, the feel of it you know editing choices and the mm-hmm. and the setting what kind of camera is used how it's graded all of that tells your story as well and you mm-hmm. want it to kind of have your your handwriting in the visual the same way it has it in the sound mm-hmm. i would imagine mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. So to the question that he was saying before, you said this feels like the top of the pyramid of your sound. I found I've shaped the vessel mm-hmm. to then be able to receive and create in the highest form. Yeah. But I'm still growing, you know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm yeah. done. And you I'm, found your direction. I found my direction mm-hmm. and I'm comfortable. I see it on me visually, like in real life. We just compared what I used to look like 10 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Like musically, it's the same thing. If you put it side by side, it's like cool, but this has so much feeling and emotion and I can hear your pain and blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. That that to me is what being at the top of the pyramid yeah. means. So, <clears throat> and do you feel like it ties into your, when you become single? Because this is something I've been thinking about a lot: is that you you end up spending so much time with yourself that you get to know yourself on a whole different level, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're with another person, yeah, you have time alone. But I feel like when you're single, single, yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, God damn, I'm actually spending time with myself, as if I was dating myself and getting to know myself and like keeping myself company and then you really you learn to fall in love with yourself on a whole different kind of yeah on a very personal very deep very profound level almost and um and i was just wondering if you also experienced that or and do you feel like that maybe somehow reflects in your art as well i think i am definitely experiencing that right now and it definitely reflects in the art um it just helps with 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 consistency, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're dealing with people, it's not always gonna be a bed of roses, and you have to like sacrifice in order to um to 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 be happy sometimes, and not every time like if you're building to working towards a goal, like um you sometimes you you can't afford to sacrifice because it affects the momentum that you need Mm -hmm. to stay on you know so it's like you have to choose that at least that's what i've learned from my experience it's really tough to like have to give your all in a relationship and then give your all in like 
career unless both people kind of uh, can understand what's going on, which is very rare. And you said you have you 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 haven't experienced that yet because we were talking about dating artists and we were talking about like yeah seeing someone that like act, like not necessarily accelerates your growth but like yeah love that you level up with yeah and you haven't you you haven't experienced that yet. No, I haven't. Um, I don't think I've experienced that yet. I want to though. Super, I want to bad. Get on board, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to. I agree with you. I agree with you. But you know, I'm also a firm believer in not like. There are certain things in life I feel like I'm very comfortable forcing. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm very comfortable forcing things like my profession or, or where I live or what I have to do or my projects or, you know. But people. Who you connect with. Yeah, just people things. Mm. Yeah. I think people things are never things to force. I mean, I agree with you that, that that something like that must be would be crazy and it would be so it would be it would be something. Yeah. I've never experienced it, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not saying and yeah, I agree that would be a thing. But at the end of the day like every like every single person is different like every mm -hmm. single person people is just not something that i think you can force i think that people are coming into your life and you either let them in or you, you don't feel it and then you don't you know what mm -hmm. i mean and seeking out uh, a type of person i think is such a fool's errand you just like you're you kind of you're kind of removing the, the 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 beauty of of life and society almost. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Because you meet people randomly, and those are the best, coolest things. You know what I mean? Everyone agrees that the the like some that the serendipitous encounters. Yeah, the, the, like the, the best the, relationships they, they have are relationships magical. they don't have to think about that they they, yeah. ju they they just work automatically. You know, I think everyone's friends are just people that, like it just works one way or the other. You know what I mean? And there are very few, yeah, there are very few people you deliberately keep in your life because it's a thing. That's like, true. when you think about it, it's like your romantic partner is probably the only person that you deliberately, like, keep in your life. Everyone else that's in your life, they're kind of there because they're relevant one way or the other. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. hmm. Like, you don't actively nurture all those relationships. They just are. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think, like, yeah, and forcing something like a romantic relationship or, like, Saying yeah, I, find I it only sounds, did it this. sounds harsh when you say force, and it is not about force in it, but it is. I don't know. I struggle with this a little bit because I don't think you should, you know, cancel out somebody or exclude somebody or be like, I'm not going to give this person a chance because they're not, you know, they're not an artist. But I do think that there's a point in your life, or for some people at least, where you just feel like you need to be able to choose yourself and pour everything into what you do, and you can't do that and also be with somebody that doesn't understand why you have to do that right now you know and then the easiest way to circumnavigate that space is yeah. to have somebody that one gets it yeah that two is on their own thing so that you don't feel like you're neglecting their needs because they're already you know they are, they're doing they are, the same thing they're doing the same thing so they get it they're doing the same thing then at the same time it's just kind of like you fall in love with who you fall in love with you know yeah yeah and, and then like yeah i mean and everyone has different like marks of of what in relationship because we're only talking about like romantic relationships in terms of like your 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 art or like and also timing wise it's like in terms of where we are now you know 
I mean, but wait, what do you what do you mean by because, that? Because I mean, right now we're at an age where our hustle is kind of our right is our priority, you right. know. So it's just kind of like maybe where we are right now in life that just feels like the best path to take. Yeah, yeah. but that doesn't mean that is necessarily the best path to take forever, you know. Yeah, I know, but it's just like what I'm looking at is the other aspects of relationship that, yeah. you, that you deem important, that you know, whatever those are to you. You know, mm-hmm. we are just looking at it from the professional standpoint. <laughs> but if we look at it, like from a standpoint of, yeah, you enjoying the company of that person, but how long is that lasting? And is how, what are your fulfillment levels and all the other needs that you have That's as a person? Because at the end of the day, you're an artist, but you're also a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. So it's kind of like this like that relationship with an artist like it works but then like what do you what's the real yeah. focus you know what i mean and that's why i'm saying like it's so difficult to then say i'm on because i'm not saying i'm not on board now yeah, you know yeah, yeah. but that's why i'm saying it's so difficult to say yeah you know what i'm just gonna now date artists because it's <laughs> like that's such an arbitrary <laughs> you know what i mean because then it's like how, where do you begin you know what i mean yeah. and it's just like how do you because you're first a person and then you're an artist you know what i mean are you because <laughs> it's like you last time i checked <laughs> no but i but mean that's the real questions because there's, <laughs> there's people like curtis no stereo talk as artists first <laughs> artists before anything listen mr stew chicken you sat down in this chair and you was dying right <laughs> to right. eat <laughs> And last time I checked, that's not an artist's <laughs> requirement. You come on here to talk about your art, but the human sat down and was like, Dan. I smell it for me second floor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, like, it's yeah. such a, a difficult... I mean, of course, this is the beauty of life and the journey, but, I mean, it's such a difficult thing to decide that this is something that works and something that doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? And then go or don't go for that in something as fluid as human relationships yeah. because you could do it with, with everything else. You could say, I'm going to use Ableton, not Logic. I'm going to use this compressor or this kick instead of that kick. I'm going to use this lens instead of that lens, you know? Those are decisions you could take with a lot of other things, mm-hmm. you know? But the person behind the camera... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work like that you know what i mean yeah so i mean like it's complex and i agree and i'm saying all i'm saying is is that maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be uh so black and white like like meets like Mm -hmm. but i think a certain consideration this is exactly what you said on the last podcast with um aston that aston that um You know, once you have somebody that understands that you have to do what you have to do now, you know, and I think that is the person who understands that part of you and is like, all, like, that's kind of the biggest deal, you know, because yeah. everything else falls secondary to that. And the example she gave of, I can't remember which artist she gave, but like when the guy is locking himself away in the attic for three days, yeah. you know. And not coming out, and the children are just like, "Where's daddy?" And they're like, "Daddy's making a masterpiece." You know, yet you, you just had a. That's this, true. This is That's what true. this is what we do to support him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know he does the same to support us in other ways. And this is what we do to support him. Yeah. And just having that person that understands that that gets it and supports supports what you have to yeah. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, naturally, that somebody who would do that so quickly would be another artist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you know, it's a 
I think finding, yeah, especially in a in a city, in a city that's so like dynamic and and active. I think finding somebody um, that, yeah, in a city that's so artistic, finding somebody that appreciates what you do. I think should be <laughs> easier, right? But it's not. <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly. You know. I ain't looking. I'm definitely open, but like, yeah. no pressure, you know. Have you written a love song yet, Curtis? Many love songs. Do you have you put out any love songs? Many love songs. Okay. You don't listen to the man's music? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I listen to the man's music. And like he said, he tries to convey a message and hopefully, or he expresses himself. And this came from true feelings and this expression, when you view it, when you like observe it, you also are touched by it. And that's, I think, the only thing that any artist can ask for. Mm. So I listen to his songs and of course I feel what I feel. But I don't know if he, if, if Curtis had like a, a love song that like he, all the lyrics sound like a deep love song. I don't know. That could mean anything to him now, you know? And it could also just be something that he's saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So I just, you know, that's why I ask because when you, yeah, sometimes the most like touching songs actually were not intended to be touching. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. But there's this one song named Ricardo. Very much a love song. So Yeah? Yeah. You should check it out after. Who's Ricardo? Me, my middle name. Okay. okay. Ricardo. Because it's Ricardo Wells. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't see that coming. That's a cool middle name. Spanish. That works. Espanol. That works. <laughs> <laughs> That's real curveball. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a vibe. It's a vibe. But Shout I'll out. check it out. Shout yeah. out to the uh, Spanish influence. But, um,. But yeah, I have like a lot more love songs coming out. I have an EP coming out pretty soon. And yeah, a lot more emotions on there. So looking forward for that. So what else? I mean, on that note, before we wrap up, what else do we have? Like, what do you have upcoming? Any other? You're going to do a show anytime soon? When are you going to drop a show, Curtis? Yeah, Yeah, I think I'll drop in a show before the year is out in Mm -hmm. Berlin. Definitely. I already started preparing my live set. So yeah. Look out for that. It's going to be crazy. Is it going to be with a band or is it going to be just you? I think with a band. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it needs to to be with a band. If it's the first in Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. That would be so sick. Well, my man, thank you so much for coming to this podcast. Yeah. Don't know, G. I'm doing it in two parts. Well, you know. Thank you for having me, you know. Like yeah. 100%. I mean, it's always land. nice to have a fellow Trini I was going to say on that. On the podcast, exactly. you know. And I feel like you've been one of our first Trini friends in really? Berlin. I mean, we don't have much. We have like we have four. Much, yeah. It's like it's like us and you, then Adrian, Adrian Steffi. And Steffi, Joanna. Joanna. Know, and that's it. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> but yeah, it's always nice to have like part of the party you know? circle. And we always take it for granted because then we could just talk about a lot of things all yeah. in a certain way that yeah. we don't really get to talk about with everyone else. Definitely. Yeah. So always appreciate it. Yeah. But yeah, looking Thanks, forward everyone. to hear more. Thanks for sharing. Looking forward to seeing more. And we go link. Yeah. Don't Excited know. to do the, um, the one year. The what? The one year come back. The, the one year. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see you in a year. Love you, see you. In a year.